This is the Student Leadership News Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Student Leadership News Podcast. It's exciting to have you with us, whether you're watching on video or listening on audio. My name is Ronan. You know me from many episodes in the past, but I'm excited to have a co-host today joining us for the very first time. I'd like to welcome the wonderful Alex Cork from Crimson Education. Welcome, Alex. Thanks very much, Ronan. Good to be here. Now, I know about Crimson because you and I have hung out in the past, but yes. can you tell our podcast audience far and wide, whether it's students, teachers, whoever's listening to this episode, tell them a little bit about Crimson. Sure. So Crimson Education was started around five years ago by a 18-year-old kid at the time, a Kiwi. So we won't hold that against him. In fact, he's a Kiwi. <laughs> but uh, basically, he wanted to study overseas. He got into a lot of universities overseas after doing a whole lot of work on his application. And uh, when he got over there, he kind of felt like a few other students back home could do with a little bit of help. So he started basically mentoring students through the US and UK application process. And since then, we're now in 20 countries around the world. We help uh, you know a couple hundred students get into top universities every year. We really mentor them through a couple of different elements, being the academics, uh, the extracurriculars and leadership, of course, and just making sure they understand which universities are best fit for them. Alex, I'm going to ask you a question without notice. Now that sure. we know a little bit about Crimson, I want to find out a little bit about you, but it's got a Crimson focus to it. Okay, sure. so let me spring this on you. The other day, it came up in my Facebook feed because I follow Crimson. There was a, uh, a question that Crimson were asking to probably high school students yes. saying, when you're studying for exams, are you a chocolate eating person or a lolly eating person? So like the candy confectionery stuff. Yes. So... The all-important question, are you a chocolate person or a candy person? Definitely chocolate. Definitely yeah, chocolate. Dark chocolate, no question. Okay. I do it because apparently dark, <laughs> dark chocolate, I do it for study reasons. It helps with the uh, with the brain waves, et cetera, et cetera. You know, dark chocolate, antioxidants, whatnot. Awesome. I'm buying into that science, basically. Yeah. If someone says it, then I'll go with <laughs> yeah, it yeah. as well. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I clicked on the survey also in the chocolate camp. Did you click on the? Did you give your yes. answer yet? Yeah. And at that point, it was seventy-two percent of people said that chocolate was their preferred. But uh, are you surprised? No, not at all. Because yeah, I was one yeah, of those seventy-two percent. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So um, back to something with some more meaning and substance. Mm -hmm. um, when you were a student leader at your high school, or when you were a student at, at your high school, yep. what sort of leadership opportunities were the things that you decided to take up? Well, I guess I was the perennial vice captain. Yep. Um, so I was the vice captain of the rugby, the swimming, the athletics, vice captain of the school, vice captain of the primary school even. Wow. Um, so, and then I was, I guess I was an orchestra vice captain as yeah. well in a way. What yeah. instrument did you play in the orchestra? I was a violinist. Violin, first violin or second violin? I was first violin, wow, second Wow, so desk. it's almost almost like being a captain of something, just being the first violin. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but I was first violin, second desk, but I was one of the senior members of the orchestra. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. I guess I, I got into the habit a little bit of, and something that we might touch on a little bit later, of waiting for leadership roles. And yeah. so I was in year 11 and I was doing all the things that I needed to do. And then the leadership roles were given to me. Yeah. And I, looking back now, I really uh, wish I had been a bit more proactive in looking for leadership roles from an earlier age. Cool. Fantastic. Okay. Great to have you with us, Alex. Good to find out a bit more about you. Let's get into our first main segment, which is BLT. BLT, best leadership tip. Alex, this segment, BLT, is named after everybody's favorite sandwich, the bacon, lettuce, tomato, but sure. really it stands for best leadership tip. So you, as a first-time podcast host with me, I want you to give our audience your best leadership tip. So, Ronan, I'd have to say that my best leadership tip 
is actually about the work experience and connecting with the industry side of things. So every student has to go through the work experience program in year 10, or the majority of students will do that in any case. But how to turn that into a leadership role is really making sure that you're making the most of that opportunity to connect with industry. So what I've tended to see, and we have uh, work experience students come into Crimson as well, yep. is that there's a huge gulf between students who want to be there, who have done their research, who know the company, etc., versus students who just rock up because they've been told to. Can I confess that that was that was me when that I was did you. when I did work experience? No. It was just finding something, someone who would say yes. I did brick paving for two weeks, like brick two paving. weeks of brick paving, and people were saying to me, "Wow, Ronan, we didn't know you wanted to do brick paving after school," and I went. I never wanted to do it. I don't know why I ended up doing it, but it was kind of done with no thought. That mm. was That's probably what you're saying, huh? Yeah, yeah, do it with thought, but do it with conviction at the same time. And, you know, it, in terms of a leadership opportunity, work experience is actually one of those things that I think a lot of students, when they go into these workplaces, they don't feel like they can be a leader in that workplace. At the end of the day, they're only in year 10. <laughs> but there's a lot of things to be said about student voice and how powerful that can be. And if you're working for an organization that really values student voice and you've got to do your research and try and understand is the student voice particularly that organization's target market. But if it is, then you can actually take a leadership role in a workplace. Imagine saying to you know people who are twice your age saying, hey guys, I think this might work actually better and why don't we change the copy here and why don't we try this differently, et cetera, et cetera. So, I really think that a lot of students can probably be a bit more authoritative when they're going for their work experience and see where they can actually take on a leadership role within a workplace. And and what's the worst they can say at the end of the day? If you say, oh, look, I'd love to try this, I'd love to try that, the worst they can say is no. Yeah. So And you've got nothing to lose. So I'd really encourage students to sink their teeth in that work experience and then afterwards connect with the industry. Jump on LinkedIn. I see some really switched on kids on LinkedIn. Yep. And it's a fantastic platform. It's very underrated, particularly for students. And, you know, I, I get connection requests from students and they say, oh, Alex, do you know anybody in this industry or that industry, et cetera, et cetera. So please, if any students listening, add yep. me on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, I'll see what I can do to connect you with other people who might be looking to speak to, to really switched on students because there's something to be said for kids because a lot of the time, uh, they're not going for the money. They're not going for the power. They're just going because they're passionate about something, which yeah. is so powerful. Too often people think career is something that you're going to start after school, forgetting that, or even making a difference is something that you're going to do post-school. Sure. Certainly is something people can start in work experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And really encouraging students to um, do their research on companies prior to going and really try and understand what value you could add to the company prior to going. The worst thing you can do if you're going to do work experience is rock up on day one and say, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, try and give some, try and give them some ideas. Yeah. Say, hey, I saw that on your company website that you do this, this and this, or I've read about your company here, here and here. I would love to contribute in this area. Yeah. Uh, I, there wouldn't be a work experience employer that wouldn't want to hear that. Yeah. You know, I certainly would love to hear that. Excellent. Okay, great leadership tip. So let's crank it up a notch and we'll get to our next segment. Three, two, one. Top three. Okay, Alex, this segment we call the top three. It's where we try and get a bit of meat into the podcast. Uh, can you please share with us the top three extracurricular opportunities sure. that you think are out there for students? Sure, sure. Well, extracurriculars is one of those things that is even hard to define in and of itself, right? When we speak to parents and students, a lot of them, I drop the question on them, what is extracurriculars? And I bet I know what they say. 
Go on, what do they say? Do they say doing arts or music things, perhaps, and then sports? Ding, ding, that's ding. Yep. You're absolutely right, Rodan. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, sport and music is the, in, in the Australian mindset, that's what people, people always know and, and understand as extracurriculars. But uh, we can change that a little bit and, and think of a few other things. So my three top tips in this area is if you're looking at extracurriculars, try and look at it in this way. Think of something you can do in school that might be something unique. It might be uh, being a part of like a student publication. It might be uh, taking debating competitions or whatever it is, right? Um, And go deep into that. Don't just sign up and rock up and, you know, just contribute at a base level, but really try and take a leadership role and see if you can also, I guess, add an extra element to that in the in-school side of things. Um, also have an out of school activity. Yep. Now, don't just think about joining a sporting club or joining a music school, but think about programs like Duke of Ed, think about programs like the Oak Tree Foundation and they have a great youth ambassador program. So look at these organizations that have youth ambassadors and try and get involved in one of them. Yep. We had a student at Crimson who got involved in the Hunter Cancer Action Network up in New South Wales. She ended up uh, being part of a campaign to lobby the government for $200 million of extra wow. funding for palliative care. It's pretty significant. It was huge. <laughs> and she got it. You and know, it's very meaningful too. And it's yeah. yeah, amazingly meaningful. And yeah. it ended up being passed by the government. So yeah. there's a $200 million of extra funding for palliative care due in part to the work she did with the Hunter That's Cancer Action Network. It's one thing to say, I focused on basketball and we won a trophy. And another thing to say, I fundraised, well, I was able to make a difference towards huge. a law passing and millions of dollars being Absolutely allocated. huge, yeah. absolutely huge. And and that was the power of student voice as well, yeah. right? You know, that was a really good example of, of how she was able to show that she cared about this. And when students care about something, people prick their ears up, they really do. Yeah. And the last one I would say is find something unique. So create an extracurricular that is maybe not on offer at the moment. And it might be starting a club. So it's kind of like a leadership role in, yeah. in many ways, but it might be starting a club at school with a couple of your mates, or even if it's you can't find like-minded people within your school, look at other schools and see if they've got other like-minded people as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, something unique that is not currently available, just take the initiative and start it up yourself. You know, when I was at high school, way back, uh, <laughs> um, friends and I, we started a lunchtime radio program at Amazing, school. Yeah. perfect example. And it was like, we could use it for all sorts of things. One, it was just fun. Like yes. it was just a speaker that was outside and we were in a classroom broadcasting, but like, people enjoyed just hanging out and listening to music. But it was actually like a really good way to get like school notices read out like yeah when, when people would stand up in the morning and read out notices in the classroom no one was listening exactly but when the student radio station that we launched uh, read those things out at lunchtime um, everyone's sitting around listening to it so it's kind of just a little spin on it there well, but you know, that probably fits in that third category can I just add something quickly to the end of that yeah. what a lot of kids do nowadays is they start up Facebook pages for yep. their year level yep. and then they become a leader in a way or the admin of that yeah. Facebook page they become a leader to disseminate messages yep. to their group yep. and that's a leadership role in and of itself yeah. and it might not be the most creative thing in the world but hey it serves a great purpose and yeah. you can really use it to connect with other people and other industries and other schools as well excellent so if someone really is good at sport or music mm-hmm. is there a way in which you think they could say take their love of sport and do something with that rather than just i want to be a good cricketer or i want to be a good tennis player sure. whatever it might be is there something that they could do do you think to still turn that into an additional like a leadership role rather than just a performance absolutely role? Yeah. absolutely i think one of the key things that students need to realize is they have a very strong skill set even if they're not top level they've still got a skill set right yeah. 
And then as a result of that skill set, they also have access to a community. Say it might be cricket, right? You're, you're a decent cricket player and you play for a local club and you've got access to the school or to the cricket community and that cricket club's community as well. And you might say, look, we want to donate uh, X number of cricket balls and X number of cricket bats and pads, etc., which are quite expensive items yeah. to uh, another local club or to a school that might not have those kind of things, right? Yep. So you might lead the drive at your club to get those things together and it might be like a once in a year thing. Yep. It doesn't need to be every week that you're yep. pushing for this. It could just be a once a year thing. Nearing Christmas is the perfect time to do that, yep. right? It's the season for giving. Yep. So you try and get your friends together, try and get the club members together, talk to the club committee and say, hey, look, I've got this idea. What do you think is the chance of us making this happen? And uh, see where you can go with it. And it's the same kind of thing with music. Uh, see if you can donate old instruments to schools that need them or see if you can provide a bit of your time. Yep. You know, it's like try and go down to other schools and see if you can teach a few people a few instruments. Or I used to... Um, I used to play violin at old old nursing homes, old Did age you? homes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They loved, they, lo- they loved it. They <laughs> loved it. And my uh, my dog at the time was an official uh, volunteer as well, so he had an he had his own badge, and I had my own badge, and we would go there and play at the old age homes. So now I'm sure you're a wonderful violinist, but here's the thing: I wasn't that great a musician, but I could imagine. At the nursing home where some of them have hearing care. problems. They don't care. They just love They just love that you're doing it. <laughs> they and you just can love play it. as many wrong notes as you like. And exactly. as if you don't give away that you've done that, they would never know. Exactly. Yeah. They just appreciate the time and the effort <laughs> at the end of the day. And and a lot of kids I think forget that, you know, these they, they try and think big and think huge with these great volunteer and change the world kind of opportunities, but it really starts at home. Spend a bit of time in your local community looking around at these organizations and places where you could spend your time and you'll find that there's a lot of great opportunities there on your doorstep. Excellent. So that's a great top three. Do something in school, something out of school and start something yourself. Fantastic. Let's uh, bring it home with the last couple of segments. My favorite idea. Okay, Alex, this segment, my favorite idea. Sure. Whenever we do this segment in an episode, we're asking what's the one of the favorite ideas that you've seen a student actually implement in recent times? What do you got okay, for us? Okay, right. Well, in my job, I uh, get to see a lot of students doing really awesome things. Yep, so right? hard, hard to choose from them all. Yep. Yes, yeah, hard to choose from them all. But in this one, in this case, I had a bit to do with it, right? Yep. Because I sat down with a student and basically he said to me, Alex, I'm really passionate about science. I want to show that I'm passionate about science other than just getting good scores on my exams, etc. How can I do that? And he had the idea, it was his original idea, to do a science fair yeah. for primary school students. But when he first floated the idea, he said, oh, we'll try and get around you know, 20 to 30 kids to come by for this. Right. It's not much of a fair with yeah. 20 or 30 kids, I like thought. Like that would be done fairly quickly and you could blink and miss it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So I said to him, I said, look, here's the challenge. Try and get 200 plus kids, <laughs> make it a big thing, make it a you know, bit of an actual day, get some guest speakers in, see if you can get some really cool people from industry, as yeah. I was saying, connect on LinkedIn, which he yeah. did. And uh, see if you can make like a big thing about it. And he was really nervous at, at first because he thought, oh, I don't know how the school's going to you know, think about this. They yeah. might try and quash the idea before it even got off the ground. Yeah. I said, look, the school will love it if it puts them in a good light and it makes use of their resources, kind of showcases their community spirit, all these kinds of things. Because if you're a student at a school and you're trying to get a good idea off the ground, you've got to think about... What is good for the school too? Because what's good for you is going to be good for the school and everybody wins, right? Yep. So he, he did take his idea to the head of science. He did take his idea to the principal. Cool. And they both loved it. Excellent. And uh, he actually did the science fair just a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And it was great to, like, honestly, it was so good to see his email come through. I actually had no 
further part in the organization. He ran it from there. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, he had over 200 kids. He yeah. had guest speakers. He had people doing uh, little science demonstrations there. He had such a great day. And of course, it pulled his hair out a little bit trying to organize it all. <laughs> but hey, he did it. And, and what a great achievement for him. And I think for the self-belief that he gained from it as well, it's yeah. uh, undeniable. It was, it was a really great experience for him. Excellent. Fantastic idea. I could see why you chose it from all yes. the good ones that are out there. Okay, we're going to squeeze in one final segment with you, Alex. Question time. Okay, Alex, for question time, I'm going to fire a question to you, okay? okay sure, sure. Um, from what I understand about Crimson is you help students achieve things that perhaps they might have thought was beyond them in some cases. Correct. So I want to ask you this question generally. Why should a student aim high in life like doesn't that sometimes just set us up for failure isn't it isn't it best to to just keep it simple and i mean i'm not saying i think that but there'd be yeah. many people who just say play everything safe and right. and do what's easy so what do you say to that right well you know i could go with the i could respond to that with the cliche of aim for the moon and you'll yep. land in the Hit clouds the, yep. et cetera, gotcha. et cetera. but i think where it really really makes a big difference here is that you do learn a lot from failure and you learn a lot from bouncing back. And I think one of the things that students often probably get a little bit too sensitive around is failure. But you know, through the US college application process, one of the most common questions that they ask in the application is, tell us about a time that you failed and then uh. tell us about a time you bounced back from failure or you know, what was the result from that type yeah. of thing. So I think it's really when, when students push themselves and they aim high, they learn so much from these experiences and then they're no longer just like, I guess the people that we commonly speak with at Crimson, yep. you can see that they've got wisdom beyond their years. Yep. And they've got wisdom beyond their years because they have tried things, they've failed, and they've come back and tried again. Yep. And so from that experience, they've, they've really become a, a better person. They've almost, you know, sometimes you speak to these, these students and you're like, these are not kids anymore. These are like <laughs> young adults, right? Yep. And it's from that experience of aiming high that they were able to gain this experience and, and really learn from their mistakes and uh, and, and have some reflections on, on where they were and where they are now. Yep, excellent. For sure. Okay, well, hopefully that inspires people to uh, to aim high. Yeah, absolutely. It inspires me to aim high. Well, it reminds me that when aiming high, failure is not a negative thing necessarily. That's yeah. right, that's right. And and it can only mean that it's one step closer. I know Thomas Edison had the famous kind of thing of doing the light bulb. Yeah, how so many, many times, times did he have to... Invent that light globe, it didn't work. Yeah, he said he's something like I, I, I hundreds. I heard I didn't fail. He said yeah. I learned 999 ways, yeah. not how to make a light bulb, yeah. essentially. And I think that's what we would try and say to students. And it's easier said than done. Yeah. I know, I know it's easier said than done. But yeah. when you're a student, you're in the best place to do it. You've got the support of the school. You've got the support of your mates. Now's the time to fail and fail fast. Yep. You know, don't wait until you're in your 30s or 40s to start making failures because then it can be a little bit more risky, unfortunately. Yep. But now when you're, at, when you're a student, like you can fail and the next day bounce back. Yep. There's nothing, nothing, to, um, nothing to lose from it, really. Totally. Now, Alex, I've loved everything you've shared with us in the podcast. If there are students or, or parents of students or, or teachers that are listening to this episode sure. and like the idea of aiming high, perhaps are starting to think about post-school study, um, as many people would be, and they're thinking maybe we can aim really high, US, UK, overseas colleges. Yes. And they're thinking this crimson thing sounds great. How can people get in touch with you or what should they do next? Right, okay. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing to do is check out our YouTube channel. Yep. It's got so many great videos from students around the world. You'll see that a Harvard student or a Yale student isn't actually some alien from another planet. They're just <laughs> a student at the end of the day, yep. right? So go to Crimson Education on YouTube and you'll see our channel there. Yep. 
Um, well, otherwise, you can check out our website, crimsoneducation.org. There's a whole lot of free resources and blogs, information about the application process to the US and UK yep. and actually why studying on the world stage is so highly sought after and what it might look like for you to study on the world stage as well. Fantastic. Well, Alex, thank you for sharing us with your wisdom, your experience, the, the fantastic stories of the young people that you've uh, that you've worked with on, on their journey. And uh, thanks for being part of this episode with us. My pleasure, Ronan. Thanks so much. Fantastic. So to our audience out there, thanks for joining us. I'm sure you've loved what Alex has shared. Feel free to get in touch with him as he shared. Look up Alex Cork on LinkedIn, as he said. Make that connection like he invited you to make. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Student Leadership News Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Student Leadership News Podcast. Interact with us on social media and follow the news online at studentleadership.news.